God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with treats. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. You're listening to The God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. I'm Bill Swirla. You like my Ascension Day music? Up, up, and away. <laughs> nice. Well, you kind of threw it at me last minute. Hey, do you have any Ascension music? And I'm like, uh... <laughs> that is a... So yeah, I thought I'd surprise you. That's a common That's a common misunderstanding about the ascension of Christ. Oh, here we go. Is Getting that, on it early here. Yeah, is that he's up, up, and away, that he's up and gone, you know? That's it. He's out of here. And uh, well, maybe we can address that later, a little bit of um, ascension misunderstandings and right understandings, huh? I was maybe busy you know. reliving the 60s in here. Did you say who you are? I it it really goes it goes without saying, doesn't it? I was having flashbacks. Uh, a sixties flashback. Yeah. Up up and away in my beautiful I was four o'clock again. Or I was four years old again riding that uh, little pedal car of mine. <laughs> I remember when that song came out. That that's <laughs> That just that dates you right there. So. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, blessed ascension of our Lord to you, and also to you, my brother. Forty days after the resurrection, uh, can you believe we made it forty days since Easter? He's he's done with the visible stuff. That's the end of the visibles <laughs> until the last day. But uh, that's right. That's, that's all right. good. Do you do you have an ascension day service today? I do. Uh, our circuit uh, gathers, Circuit 11 of the Pacific Southwest District gathers uh, every year at one of the circuit churches to celebrate the Ascension. And so we're hosting this year. So I, after we're done recording this show, I got to dash back there and get my house in order to uh, host the circuit this evening. So hopefully somebody will show up. You know, the, this business of 40 days always lands the Ascension on a Thursday, which is not exactly a prime day for Lutherans to go to church. So someone's trying to call from the five one zero area code. That's that's up in the Bay Area, isn't it? The five one already. Yeah. Do you have a screener? Or are we taking this? No, blind? we don't have a screener. They're just we rolling. We rolling the dice ready. today. Uh no. I I nope. think that's probably probably not, not wise. Not wise. No, that could be one of those uh, telemarketing kind of survey calls too. Yeah. Or. Actually, that's that's even more fun when it is. But uh. I do, I do have, I do have um, an ascension hymn. If you'd like to hear it, I would love to. Um, it's a four. Are you going to sing it yourself? No, no. It, it's a four minute track, but we can take on a couple of uh, stanzas at least. Uh, the hymn is "The Head That Once Was Crowned with Thorns." Uh, the uh, recording is the Concordia Seminary Chorus. The Album is from the album entitled Hope. So you probably to... a little more Lutheran than Up, Up and Away. Probably.
That that has Henry Gerke written all over it, doesn't it? Yes, it does actually. In terms of arrangement, how many key changes can you do in one hymn? Ask Henry; he'll tell you. Here we go. Let's There's plenty more to that, but I think that'll be sufficient unto the festival day. The head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now. I think that's an appropriate Ascension Day hymn, you know, and in part the Ascension celebrates the coronation of Christ. You know, that you have that scene in Revelation 5 where first there's this lament, you know, who's worthy to open the scroll, the seven-sealed scroll, and then the lamb appears, slain but lives, and crosses the glassy sea and assumes the throne at the right hand of the Father and is worshipped and adored by the angels and the elders and the living creatures and the whole deal. And so it's really Christ's coronation, uh, you know, that he, he takes up his throne and uh, all things in heaven and on earth are under his feet now as we speak, which is kind of the big point. Well, I, I think as we look into the Ascension, uh, you've made some interesting points also that uh, we, we like to think that Jesus kind of rode a cloud up into the sky and that sort of <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, he's and, gone. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but he doesn't just disappear. Hey, you know what? Buzz did answer a call here. Uh-huh. Do you want to do, do this? Sure. All right. Larry in uh, Newark, California. Newark? Where's, where's Newark, Newark, Larry? I know Newark. Are you there, Larry? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, where's Newark? Newark is in the uh, East Bay of the Bay Area. Oh. Uh, kind of between San Jose and Oakland. Well, I was right when I said Bay Area earlier. What, what's you know, on your mind, funny. Larry? Oh, well, I'm, I'm the uh, former Wiccan priest that was been emailing you guys, and you said you wanted me to call in. So I finally got a hold of the cell phone. So much for that programming today. <laughs> You're a former Wiccan priest. Yeah, so you don't remember my email? I do. I I, I, yeah. I I do. I'm just just kind of backtracking. We delete all emails after we've trashed them and otherwise ridiculed them. But uh, you know, I mean, you, you don't want to leave evidence. They live forever. As they Larry, live forever. Larry, the, the unlike 60s. Hillary Clinton, okay, we delete all emails. So there's there's no record of anything when we're done. But, but the sixties uh, were not kind to me. I think I got some bad tang or something. <laughs> uh, could you refresh my memory? Uh, well. Uh, I'm a, a former Wiccan priest. I, I uh, uh, first emailed you about the uh, uh, the rain dance ritual. Down yes, in, uh, yes, um, yes. That's where that's where the gong people. business started too, and you know he who irritates people and all of that. So so that 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 was with with the Native Americans that were trying to break the drought here by doing a rain dance. Yeah, they weren't Native Americans. They were uh, well um, wannabe. Uh, Wiccan Americans, yeah, yeah, they're they're sort of they're just kind of suburbanites who are pretending to be native. Uh, yeah, the Indian Indians call them plastic shamans. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I can I can go with that. that that's a, that's a good title. How how on earth did you get into Wiccan? This is not something that you're kind of born into. I take. No, uh, you know, I've been interested like in the occult. And, um, comparative religions, different. I studied a lot of different religions, 
as a youth, and um, it was it, it attracted me because it was such a beautiful religion aesthetically. Well, and it, it gives you the opportunity to kind of make up your own perfect religion, <laughs> which is well, yeah, I mean, of, people like that. A lot of evangelicals like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's kind of that's kind of the Without nature. The magic. Oh wait, no, they do have the magic also, don't yeah, they? Yeah, Buddhism yeah. too. You know, you just kind of pick your path and go for it. And uh, so, sure, yeah, that really appeals to the sort of the American religious spirituality. Is is you can kind of kind of make uh, it gets tailored for you. But aesthetically, what was so beautiful about it? Well, one one thing I found appealing was it was more it was more grounded than a lot of the new age stuff that uh, that I ran into like in the eighties and nineties, which I found to be really flaky. Um, you know, you you really when you don't ask truth questions about things, you really you you can really get in trouble. I remember coming out of a new age fair with a bag, I mean a big bag of anti-Semitic literature. Because it was okay. If you're anti-Semitic, that's okay. No problem. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of nice things about Wicca. <laughs> there's, a um, lot of, there's a lot of nice things. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the the. The, what was it? Was, was it the ritual? Was it the, the I I can't I mean yeah. I, I have no exposure I don't know except a sort of a, a flaky the, book knowledge. The, the mythology too. The what? The mythology. Oh, the mythology. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the fact that, and also the, that it was eclectic, you could kind of make up your own mythology. So, mm. Larry, what were the core of your beliefs as a Wiccan? I was I was shamanistically oriented, so my my worldview was a lot about about the ancestors, about trying to connect with the land, with um, nature spirits, and so on. So, what happened to you there? I, I, you you obviously didn't stay. What, what? No. What what happened? Well, Why did you leave? Uh, I kept Wicca? looking. I, I I just I can't even though. Even though I found some truth in that path, I, I still kept looking because I wasn't I wasn't satisfied. I I knew that there was something wrong with me. That there was the, like and and w- there didn't seem to be a cure within Wicca. I knew that I was bad inside. <laughs> Is that the right way to say? It? And. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't. Find, the Christianity seemed to be the only thing that offered a real cure. So, so how how then did you come out of Wicca? You're you're Christian now, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, how, how did you come? How did you come out of that into Christianity? How did you come to baptism and know Christ and everything? Uh, being oh. and I mean, being a being a being a Wiccan priest is, is more than just kind of like dabbling. So you you were kind of in well, it. You were in it big. No, no. Actually, Actually, a priestess means you were initiated. Oh, every, oh, oh, every witch, every witch is a Wiccan priest. That, that's kind of like the everyone a minister sort of thing, right? So every 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 every, every Wiccan is it's a priest. Literally, yeah. In in Wicca, it's literally <laughs> wow. true that everyone everyone's a priest or a priest. Okay, well, that's actually kind of true in Christianity in the sense yeah, that every every that baptized also. believer is a priest, not a minister, but that's a right. priest. 
uh, in as one who serves God and serves neighbor. But uh, so, but uh, how did you get out of that? All, all, all you know, what, what was it? Was it like this well, big, was, big epiphany? I was that, always, uh, I even from the time I was a child, I read the Bible, mm-hmm. and I was all, and I read many, many Christian books. Even through this time, I was studying the occult. I, I still kept reading uh, C.S. Lewis and Chesterton and. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Tolkien and all these these great Christian writers, and uh, at a certain point, I, I I don't know what happened. I was called. Um, so so uh, you had a. I, I remember if you want to hear the actual event. I remember I was on the bus and I was reading uh, uh, the Everlasting Man by Chesterton, and it was literally the last page, the last paragraph. And I just started crying, and I said, "I said, I've been wrong about everything." Wow! And uh, that was it. G.K. <laughs> Chesterton was a powerful guy. I mean, he, he did a lot of really good apologetics. Man, his, yeah. Oh yeah, his his stuff is really strong. Can I can I recommend a couple of his novels? Sure, sure. Why not? Um, uh, I just love Man, Man Alive. I think. I think every every Christian has to read Man Alive. That is such a beautiful book. So funny. So funny. I can't say that it's I've a, ever read to it. Give but, you a quick, yeah. To give you a quick uh, a summary of the plot, it's basically about a, a crazy guy who wants to see his front porch, so he walks out his back gate and walks around the world to get to the, to get to the front of his house. And uh, it's about his adventures and so on. And uh, it's just a just a beautiful book. It's so it's so powerful. Well, Chesterton had a great sense of humor. I, I he's he's really quotable uh, in 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 a number of ways, and and also this this uh, tremendous intellect uh, where he was very comfortable talking to theologians, philosophers, uh, you know, you name it. He's kind of part of that great age of the apologist that uh, mm-hmm. we we don't have as much of. We we have a lot of we have got a lot of talking heads. But we don't have no, the, the, the guys have... like C.S. Lewis and Chesterton. They, they were kind of in a class by themselves in that era, I think. You know, we wouldn't we wouldn't have C.S. Lewis as a Christian writer if it wasn't for Chesterton, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the 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 sort of style of Christianity that that uh, Lewis adopted, this sort of a funkular, good humored, very rational kind of Christianity, that was a hundred percent for Chesterton. Mm-hmm. Even though, even though uh, Lewis never became a Catholic, Tolkien went. He was route. very heavily. <laughs> he was very. I, I know a lot of a lot of Catholics think that he had a a, a deathbed conversion. To <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but he was he was Anglican, so you could kind of like you could play both sides. As I understand it, he was of the more uh, reformed, low church side of Anglicanism. Yeah, he wasn't actually in the in the uh, preface to. Uh, mere Christianity, Lewis says he's not not particularly high church or low church. Yeah, so yeah. he was a pretty he was a pretty middle of the road uh, 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 Catholic. He Anglican. Uh, uh, <laughs> he wasn't down with the whole uh, 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 Romophile uh, tendency that's always existed in Anglicanism. Right. Right. Um, 
Now, now what, what, what got you? What, the, what then got you to baptism and to the church and everything? So you had this, this, uh, this, this epiphany on the bus that says, uh, you know, all this mythology and ritual may be cool, but it isn't true. And, uh, and then, but, but how, how then did you, you, did you come to, to baptism and to the church? Well, I was already baptized because I was a, I was uh, a Catholic when I was. Kid. Oh, oh, okay. nice way of saying it, by the way. Um, so, so it's kind of a resumption of something that God had started earlier. <laughs> yeah, I never, I you know, I read the Bible a lot when I was a kid, and I, I just, I just never stopped. Um, and so it's really something more you like know, I you. I was you... also influenced by. By the way, this is kind of weird. The reason I read the Bible so much is my uh, my grandmother subscribed to a magazine called The Plain Truth, put out by the Worldwide Church of God. Mm-hmm. And you know you know that's a cult, right? Right, right. Yeah. Worldwide Church of God is uh, uh, Herbert W. Armstrong, mm-hmm. um, and they're uh, uh, British Israelites, and uh, they they don't believe in the Trinity. Right. But they think that they think that God is God's last name. <laughs> well, there, there is actually a branch of that church that has become uh, more orthodox in, in Christianity. They they still aren't really along with us for the whole ride, but uh, they have. There is a sect that has become Trinitarian and uh, believe that Christ has died and risen from the dead for the sins of the world and that sort of thing. But they're kind of a, a break-off sect. Larry, didn't, didn't, are, are, are you Lutheran now? Uh, spe- well, speaking I of... The, the, the break-off sect, actually, actually, the Worldwide Church of God itself became Christian. And oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I've, I've got a book right in front of me here uh, on, on my desk. Uh, CPH publishes it from J. Thomas Lapaca. Out of the shadows, finding right, God's yeah. truth in a world yeah. of deception. Uh, he was big time in the worldwide Church of God, wasn't he? He was manager of church relations. Right, yeah. He became a Lutheran and uh, kind of became a big deal in the LCMS for a while. Yeah, Hank Hanegraaff had a big uh, big hand in that. Uh, Turning him around. Ah, okay. I, I think Rosenblatt did too, if I'm not mistaken. But I can't. So, sure. so Larry, so so it really was more of a matter of just putting away this Wicca thing and and kind of going back to the roots of your baptism and yeah. and then realizing realizing what was true. Where, where I was going with the Worldwide Church of God thing is that that I was so fascinated by all that stuff, like about the lost tribes and everything, that it got me just reading the Bible just all the time. And uh, so I, so I, I, I came into, I came into, um, by the time I became a Christian, I already knew a lot about the Bible. So it gave me, it gave me some kind of background, at least. You know, that, that points out something I think we sometimes forget, is the resourcefulness of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, though, you know, we yeah. you have all these qualifiers, Worldwide Church of God, it was cultic, it was, you know, it held errors, all kind of stuff. But nonetheless, people were reading the Bible. And reading the Bible, they're reading the Word of God, and God is busy doing His subversive thing there, you know, as He was with you. And and no, so, other... <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got as Craig will tell you. you, know, you got to interrupt me, otherwise you don't yeah, get a word in edgewise. So, edge yeah. I just talk over him anyway. Go ahead, Larry. Sorry. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. Um, Sorry about that. Messed so, with his uh, mojo. Larry, are, are you a Lutheran now then? 
I've, I've, yes. So, are you Missouri Synod Lutheran? <laughs> yeah, well, we're we're going to narrow this down. Well, actually, unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm not able to go to church because I'm kind of homebound due to my uh, 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 chronic disease. Oh, sorry to so, hear that. Uh, so I, ca- I can't really go to church. Uh, I can get out in a limited way, but I can't really. It would be the logistics would be really difficult. Well, ha- have church. church come to you. Find find a local pastor come and hang with you and talk with you a little bit. I, you know, I used, I used to do that. I had some young guys. I mean, they weren't exactly like invalids or shut-ins or anything, but but they they had they were in a situation where they couldn't make it to church. But uh, I had some great conversations with some some guys. Uh, you know, and we just bring church to them. Yeah, any pastor worth his own salt would probably come and hang out with you. The other thing that was that was an influence on me um, uh, during that whole time I was uh, in Wicca was uh, one of my hobbies was listening to Christian radio because I was fascinated <laughs> by the crazy politics. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Especially, especially in the 80s, the Christian right stuff was just, it was just rampant, and it was so, it was so nasty. This this whole thing about uh, uh, supporting the death squads in Central America and all that, and for Christians to do that, you know, I I knew there was something wrong with that. I knew that they weren't fall really following the Christian path, but it created kind of a tension in my mind that how could these how could these be the real Christians? And of course, I know now that they're not. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, the, the, there's that. Uh, in the prophets, it says, "My my word." This is the psalm. It says, "My word shall not return to me void." Isaiah. So it's right. Um, and I think that's the way it was for me. That that even though I didn't realize I was being prepped for Christianity, um, it 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 somehow it sank it it, <laughs> it sank into me. That's 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 really a nice way of saying it. Is you know God's word. Uh, yeah, that's Isaiah fifty five. It's like the rain. You know that falls. It it never returns empty. It always accomplishes that with with that which it purposes. I I, I told the convention that last week we were talking about baptism, and your story kind of illustrates that. Is don't despair. You know you baptize people and then they disappear, or you confirm them and they go away, and you get you get dis- you, you you fall into despair about that as a church or pastor. God's word's always busy, and and you're kind of you evidence. Know, your life is kind of mm-hmm. evidence of that. There there are so many people. That I knew that uh, I associated with back then, that would love the gospel if they ever heard it. <laughs> but all they ever heard was this evangelical, um, uh, you know, uh, um, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know, decision theology, and it just it just rang false for me. Hmm. And it it and it, this almost everyone I knew saw Christianity. Was a bunch of rules. Um, yeah, no, one, no one realized it was about about faith. And if you presented the gospel the way I hear it on uh, uh, KFUO or on uh, Pyro Christian Radio, if you present that gospel to many pagans. Man, they they be Christians like this. Man. Well, that's what, we're trying to get the word out that we exist, and trying to get the word out into the rest of the world. Also, unfortunately. We Lutherans tend to be a little insular, so we we have a lot to overcome there. Unfortunately, Larry, we're we're pretty much out of time. But hey, thanks so much for calling in. Good to okay, I, good I, to I hear from you, Larry. Talk to you guys later. If, if you want, send me an email and uh, and arrange another time for me to call in. That'd be great. I love talking to you guys. Well, I'd love to show. have you on one of my other programs I'd too. Like to so if you get a chance to email me, please do. 
I, I, I love to talk about food. I tried the uh, sriracha, <laughs> uh, sweet sriracha bacon at your oh yeah shows, oh it yeah. Was, uh, it was that's too a hot, treat. Too hot for me to eat, but it was really good. <laughs> hey, time's up. Got to run. We'll be right back after these messages on the God Whispers. the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. I'm Bill Swirla. This is Louis Prima. Louis. Okay. okay. I wish that he was here. I like that. That would be fun. Makes me want to watch Big Night again, my favorite movie. It always makes me want to watch Big Night, which also makes me always want to eat pasta, which I don't do anymore. You don't do anymore. At least not for you now. You will again. You just have to... Uh, Someday. In a restrained manner. The the problem is I have to realize that the pasta is a side for the fish or chicken or whatever, not the other way around. Well, it, it in uh, in your Italian roots, pasta... See, that's hard, isn't it? Pasta, no. Pasta is the first course. It could be pasta or soup. It's considered the soup course. See, once again, you make the mistake of the either-or proposition... It's it's both and. Both and what? Pasta and soup. No, it's true. I mean, you can put pasta in soup, but they consider it a first course. I'm thinking uh, like pasta fagiole. You, you know, you, 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 you never. The yeah, that's right. Exactly, but but you never have. First of all, you don't have as much pasta as you get at like, um, you know, the spaghetti factory. This is a distortion of Italian food. I don't know. Grandma used to put it out in like fifty-gallon drums, pretty much. That's the family, that's the so family style like... thing. But, but, <laughs> you know, we we've, we I love I love I love pasta. I make my own now. I've been rolling out my own pasta. Ah, and, and, you but, get the semolina and yeah. all that. Going yep, there. durum. So, uh, yeah. Well, you can do it two ways. You can use semolina flour, which is which is a little more coarsely ground, or you can use durum flour, which is the same but ground like like it's the texture of all-purpose flour mm. and you get really oh you get you once you start making fresh pasta you, you just can't go back to this dried stuff again it's You're killing me so i had good. my delicious chocolatey shake for lunch today i had a, I had a, I had a chocolate smoothie for bre- for breakfast um but you know the the thing about that's changed for us is that whereas we would have considered three ounces of dried pasta per person to be a serving um, we actually are, are down to about an ounce of pasta, or ounce and a half per person, and that's a, that's perfectly fine serving. And that's see, just enough to whet my appetite. Yeah, see that there's the thing. It's it's the <laughs> quantity, you know. The other thing that the other thing, and this is a, a running thing in Big Night, is you never put the meat and the pasta together. Oh uh, yeah. You know, spaghetti and meatballs, that's heresy. The meatball, she like the, the spaghetti likes to be alone, says Primo, yeah, you know. But then you have your meat sauce, you know. You got to go with the with meat sauce. But the but the and... the meat sauce from which the meat was in which the meat was cooked, the meat comes right. second, right? That that's the hey, second that's know, the second course. Yeah, but but you know, grandma used to leave a bunch of chunks in there and stuff. It was always good. That's right. Well, the the problem I think was once the immigrants made it big, then you could afford to have meat with your right. spaghetti. And right, and so. I was talking to some Roman Catholics over the weekend, and and I I informed them about the uh, Fish Friday and where that came from because that was poor people food, and so that's what we're giving up for God apparently on Fridays is is our rich food, but. These days, it should be uh, like like uh, ground beef Friday or something like that. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, there are actually a variety of uh, explanations for that. One that I find kind of interesting is that it might be an imitation of the Jewish Sabbath meal. Hmm. Uh, which would take it into deeper roots than just sort of uh, Italian or you know the 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 sort of Western thing, and that is um, the apparently uh, the the Jewish Sabbath as the Sabbath meal evolved, uh, it it came to include a course of fish. There was always a fish course in because the Sabbath meal was quite elaborate. It was a true feast every week. They they feasted on Friday nights and. Um, but it included a course of fish with this notion that in the in the messianic age in the age to come the the people of God would feast on the flesh of Leviathan the sea monster you know and and so so it was kind of like a a sort of a heavenly surf and turf kind of thing going on there and and that that might inform also um the uh, feeding of the 5,000 and the multiplication of fish in the wilderness and, you know, this whole idea of eating fish. It was kind of your basic protein, I think, for the people of those days, too. Um, meat's really expensive. We, we we don't kind of have a grasp of that necessarily, mm. how expensive that is. But but yeah. fish, a couple of loaves of fish and or a couple of fish and a, a few loaves and you're set for the day. Now, don't forget, in the piety of God Whisperer's uh, nation, GW Nation, we have Bottom Feeder Friday, where you are perfectly free to worship God by eating lobster and shrimp, scallops, mussels, clams. Bottom Feeder Friday. Bottom Feeder Friday. That goes with Bacon Monday. That goes with Bacon Monday. Bacon Monday. And Amarula, what was that, Tuesday or Wednesday? I forgot when Amarula was, but it's part of the lore of the God Whispers. Um, Yeah, I think that the Amarula is a free-floating holy day during the week that you can can just... uh, Well, that was an an interesting call. It wasn't like on the, the, uh, the plane. Plan, but I, I like that. I, you know, it's not every day that a former wicked priest <laughs> uh, calls you. And, and is there really a plan? Um, I have a Man couple of plans, I, and God laughs. I've got a couple of emails. If you would like, I would. I would love that. So let's go to the mailbag. The God Whisperer's Mailbag brought to you by Bottom Feeder Friday. Get your lobster down, Bill. (laughs) I love bottom feeders. This is from John. Hi. I'm writing to you from the evangelical wasteland to thank you for messing up my life. Excellent. (laughs) You're not the only one. Um, I was a happy little... American evangelical, minding my own business, singing loud praise songs with repetitive nonsensical lyrics, finding my purpose and wallowing in moralistic therapeutic deism. That's all in a parenthesis. When I started listening to a bunch of crazy Lutheran pirates with issues, etc., who play crazy Bible games, whisper about God. Now I'm completely miserable and actually walked out of a recent Methodist church where a woman, Pastrix, was anathemizing penal substitutionary atonement. Yes. <laughs> That's good. I've taken to reading church history, studying a bunch of dusty old dead theologians. I now crave law gospel sermons and catch myself crunching praise songs in my spare time. I think he's writing to the wrong show, actually. Thanks. Whatever it takes. Thanks a lot, gentlemen. Very nice. Uh, Your disgruntled servant in Christ. Uh, <laughs> disgruntled servant of Christ. His name's not John. His name's Eric. He goes by John. Eric. I, I all those people hiding behind like false identities. He has. He has. I skipped over a little thing. He. he did I sometimes a, go by Sugar Bear. 
He he did say, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, you do. I broke down and visited a Lutheran church in somewhere, um, only to find them exit. This is like reading kind of, you, you know how when, when they, when for national security reasons, they blank out certain things. You see these yes. documents with like the, the, the big black, black areas. This, this is like my reading of this. Uh, he broke down and visited a Lutheran church somewhere, only to find them exegeting a Charlie Brown Christmas in Sunday school. Well, that's interesting. And listening to a purpose-driven sermon from the pulpit. Um, and uh, he says, what's up with that? Well, you know. <sighs> Just because it says Lutheran on the signboard doesn't necessarily mean. Um, yeah, there are actually some things I think one could do with the Charlie Brown Christmas uh, in Sunday school. Well, there is, there is that faithful reading of the of the uh, Christmas narrative. There. Well, and you know, it reminds me every time. Every I love that. I, I watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special with my wife every Christmas. We have there there are a couple of DVDs that we we just have to watch. That was one of them. But that Linus scene where he 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 just does a recitation of Luke. You know, I'm thinking, you know, they probably couldn't produce a show like that today. <laughs> You'd have to include some uh, Bhagavad Gita. Yeah, it would some, get uh, ugly, you know, and then yeah. the atheists would just get all up in arms and you just you just can't do that anymore. Actually, they tried to do a second Charlie Brown Christmas special. Uh, I, I think what they should 10 years do... later and it really fell flat. It it was kind of it it it, it was totally cultural totally dereligionized it just it didn't have the the piety of charles schultz in it it just didn't work what they should do is an islamic uh part of the christian program uh, or the uh, christmas program rather where they just go to a black screen and play crickets for about 15 seconds and then i come suppose back to it. I think for, for those playing the home game the penal substitutionary atonement which sounds really horrible but but it's it's uh it's this notion that Christ uh, paid the penalty for our sins. You say notion like like it's mistaken or something. It's I say notion because it's it's one of the many ways in which we try uh, to uh, systematically uh, summarize the work of Christ. Um, the the danger with that is you know kind of once you create this category now you fully get it there's nothing more to say and and I, that's a little bit kind of not so much the case I mean, when you look at when you look at what Christ has accomplished there are many ways of looking at it um, that's one of them the sort of paying the penalty for our sins ushering in the new creation bringing in the messianic age making all things new um, yeah, that's also part of it too. Don't we stack them up. We just stack them on top of it. Absolutely, you just kind of yeah. just keep piling on this 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 stuff. Another another letter from from uh, Adam, manly doctors. I've been pondering what seems to be an inconsistency. <laughs> that okay. never, that never bothers us. I I know whether or not we you're call looking it a paradox. I, whether you're looking for content for the show is really a toss up. But here's something for you to discuss on the show. He thinks. Okay, so in our Lutheran circles, we seem to appreciate the quote: "God doesn't need your good works; your neighbor does." All right. We also end many of our services by saying, "Go in peace and serve the Lord." I do. Uh, why do we do this? 
We spend the service hearing and tasting how good God has served us and being told that God doesn't need our service, but our neighbor does. Then we end the service telling us to serve this Lord who doesn't need our service. Wouldn't it be more consistent to say something along the lines of, you are redeemed, be sent to serve your neighbor, or you've been baptized into Christ, be the body, hands, and feet of Christ to your neighbor. Wouldn't that more closely align with our understanding of vocation? Speaking of vocation, what would it take to get Dr. Gene Veith on the show? <laughs> the, to answer well, that we've second had him question, on before, haven't we? No, we've never had we've we never, never had Veith on the show. We should get Veith on the on. show. Yeah. Sure, we'll talk about vocation. So it's go in peace and serve the Lord. I I, I use that. That's because you're a legalist. <laughs> what are we supposed to say? Go in peace. Don't serve the Lord. You're ending with the law. You're sending me out with that on my head. Quick, you know, I can't do that very well. I'm quick, in trouble already. Quick, I, quick, I'm not even out of church, and I'm in trouble. Quick answer. Um, yeah, yes. God does not need our service. Although, uh, Goddess Dinst, the service of God, is a two-way, not a one-way, but a two-way street. God serves us through word of sacrament, and we serve him by our prayer, praise, thanksgiving, worship. Uh, and also we serve him and our neighbor. You know, you got this, what Jesus says, Matthew 25, as often as you've done this to the least of these, you've done it to me. So Christ is hidden incognito in the neighbor in need uh, to serve. So in serving the neighbor, we serve Christ. And I, th- um, I think also to add to that, is we leave the church absolved, and when we are leaving absolved, we are going out into the world as one under grace. And so this is how we serve our neighbor, is under grace, not the law. Exactly. Uh, that That is not a law statement, even though it sounds like a law statement. Oh, people, people like to... And look, I mean, there's nothing wrong with law. The old Adam needs it. There's not going to be any going in peace and serving the Lord if the old Adam isn't coerced to go with the program. So well, and I think the peace, have to be law to that. The, yeah, the go in peace is, is integral to the whole thing, though. The it peace is. is. It yeah. is. Yeah, you know, you might say it, expand it, you know, uh, go in peace and serve the Lord as you have been served by him. You know, it's like Jesus saying, the, a new commandment, I give you love one another as I have loved you. It's, right. You know, this, it, it's, it's a commandment in the sense that it's something you're given to do, but there's something ahead of your doing. And that is, you have been loved by the Lord, and with his love, now love one another. You've been served by the Lord, his service to you. Now serve one another and serve the neighbor, and in so doing, you serve the Lord. That's that's just priesthood. We were talking about that first half. Every Christian, a baptized priest, that's what priests do. They serve the God who, for whom they are priest. Well, and that goes along with the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. When we stop to realize what we have been forgiven of, then we're reminded of God's grace for us. And how could we deny that forgiveness to, to one another? Of course, we do it all the time. But when we reflect on how much Christ has forgiven us, then there's a place of forgiveness that we can draw from. See, getting back to that quote, this is this is one of those quotes that gets like messed up as badly as sin boldly. You know, is <laughs> right. God doesn't need your works; your neighbor does. Um, that's fine, but but um, it it uh, God does desire our works. 
Um, in fact, he's the one doing them in us. So it's not he doesn't need them because God doesn't need anything. It's a little bit like you know I desire mercy, not sacrifice in the in the Old Testament. You know God doesn't need um, bulls and goats and blood. Um, and so and he's not hungry. He doesn't need to be fed. Everything is his. So he doesn't need these things, but he certainly desires them. And he desires that his love be fulfilled in the service of neighbor. And so there, there's that. And, and of course, these good works do not avail as righteousness uh, before God. That's not going to work because, you know, it's still the old Adam doing them. The Adamic mm. flesh is still doing them, so they're 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 never going to be good enough. And apart from faith, they can't please God. So it's just like you know, but that's there's. I think there's a lot sort of not said in that God doesn't need your works; your neighbor does. That right. that's that's so that's so poorly put that it's kind of not worth expanding on that. Um, well, I I think also with this, we have to keep in mind that the opposite of an error is not. It, it, <laughs> the truth. It's an it's error in the opposite direction. Just right? another error. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so the idea, and it's not even an error that our works have nothing to do with our salvation. The error is, well, therefore, forget all the good works because uh, we're saved. That that's antinomianism. And I, I, I think only, you said I only it. buy into that on Wednesdays. But never Thursdays. No. I I think you said it. You said it. Uh, you said it correctly in that that. Um, in the peace of Christ, which flows from his wounds, his sacrifice, uh, um, we are free to serve our neighbor and in serving our neighbor to serve the Lord. That's all, it's all shorthand. That's what all that stands for. It's like the Samaritan in the parable of the Good Samaritan. He's the only one that's free enough to, to be neighbor to the man who fell among thieves. Uh, you know, the priest, the Levite, they were not free, but, but the Samaritan's a free man. And right. so only one who is free from the law can do the law. Well, and I the the word peace, uh, I, th- I think Dr. Nagel probably spent a whole hour on this one day. When, when Jesus shows up in the upper room and all the guys are hiding, Jesus shows up and instead of saying, oh, you dirty creeps, you abandoned me, you know, you jerks. Or, come out, no, come out says, wherever you are. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to smash you now. No, he says, peace, peace be with be you. With you. Yeah, and yeah. he's saying, there's nothing between us, guys. Yes. There's, there's, it, there's no hard feelings here. But see, know? that's that's ultimate freedom to serve. Right. Um, and, and there is a notion of serving God in worship. You know, God is, is, is as I said, it's a two-way street. Uh, this is where you get this this distortion, you know. You can either um, exclusively run the sacramental direction, God to us, uh, which some might be tempted to do to emphasize that God's at work in worship and and we're being worked on. That's this is true. Uh, or you can you can go the other route and emphasize exclusively the us to God. You know, it's all we praise you, we do this, we do that. We aren't you glad you were, you, that we're here, God? Uh, and that's true too. And but it's really the two together. And if you don't have the two together, the sa- sacramental and the sacrificial, God's service of us and our service to God, you don't have worship. Right and and so it's it's the same thing. I see nothing wrong with with um, departing from uh, the place where God has served us and saying go in peace and serve the Lord. Uh, it's a reminder that the benediction 
is not the end of the service. It's it's just the beginning of our being the church scattered. Um, you know, the church is no longer gathered now. Now it's scattered in vocation, and we serve the Lord and our neighbor. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> Mr. T approves. Absolutely. So that's that's sufficient under the day for the mailbag. Hey. Yes. Christianity is dying. Are you aware of this? I know. I read the article. The the latest Pew. I like any religious survey that that comes out by by an outfit named Pew. How appropriate. (laughs) Uh, But but here's the raw. Here's some of the raw numbers. Nine pieces of bad news. Well, here's some of the raw numbers. And then from uh, this comes off of Patheos. Uh, article by Peter Mosley. But here's here's the raw numbers. Just ponder these. Uh, Christian, from 2007 to 2014, so a seven-year window, uh, just people claiming to be Christian is down from 78% to 70%. Uh, um, there's a 7, 7.8% decline in those identifying themselves as Christian. Uh, and that would be um, a decline of uh, 4.8% as evangelical, a decline of 0.9% as mainline, a decline um, of 3.4% in the historically black Protestant, and, and the, that's, that's, a, that's a Christian stronghold, hmm. um, and a decline of 3.1% in Catholic. Uh, interestingly, they don't have anything for... Uh, no, no change in in Orthodox Mormon Jehovah's Witnesses. It's kind of strange those are lumped in. Mormon Jehovah's Witnesses are under the Christian heading. We we would fall under mainline, right? Uh, we in this. Um, let's see. I don't know how this breaks down. I mean, we're definitely Protestant. Uh, but I guess we would be. I, I yeah. I guess they'd stick us in the mainline. Mainline down three point four percent. Not evangelical. That that's a class by itself. Right. Non Christian faiths are up one point two percent to uh, to five point nine percent in twenty fourteen. Uh, notably, the Muslims seem to be making some headway. So. Uh, um, you know, if you want to gain in the religious world, just just you know, create mayhem and terrorism, I suppose. And uh, but uh, they're up from zero point four to zero point nine. That's probably more of an immigrant thing than anything mm-hmm. else. Um, same with Hindu, oddly. Um, but of course, and but the, the the big thing and the big news, of course, is unaffiliated uh, from sixteen percent to over twenty two percent. Uh, a net change of six point seven percent. Who just basically don't have there's no religion, just nothing. Well, and we see the the big gains there in the nuns. Yeah, nothing in particular. Yeah, you you have atheist, agnostic, and nothing in particular. Maybe, oh no, I won't say that. So, <laughs> so uh, Peter Mosley doing some summary work on this uh, has some some nine was it nine piece of bad news. So one, Protestants are not the majority. Uh, oh well, so it goes, uh, and. Um, Evangelicals make up twenty five percent of the population. You know that's gonna that's gonna I think have an effect on on uh, political campaigning too. You know it's interesting because like Larry was saying and like one of our uh, mailbaggers were saying is that uh, Lutheranism and the gospel that we proclaim as Lutheran Christians really messes with people, but we're not terribly effective at getting that out. 
No. And, uh, you know, that's something that we're working on here. Well, and, and, you know, something else you said I think rings rings very true, too, is that what people call Christian in, like, a survey, or or if you were to just kind of do one of these man-on-the-street things, what they call Christian is really not— it's not peculiarly Christian. It's 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 deistic. It's moralistic. Um, uh, you know, it's that therapeutic moral deism or whatever they call it. Is right. is that uh, you know? Yeah, you believe in God. Uh, you believe Jesus is God, so that's Christian. Uh, but it's basically about you know improving your life. Uh, you know, kind of renovating yourself from being a sinner to a saint somewhere somehow. And uh, you know, it, it's it's really an emphasis on rules and and method and stuff and and it's not about the gospel it's not about free forgiveness it's not about the justification of the sinner it's not about the 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 universal grace of god in christ uh so you know the message has gotten really messed up i think in the popular mind the highest percentage of religious people are evangelicals uh not progressive Hmm. All right, so the number of atheists, though still small, has nearly doubled since 2007. I think I think it's becoming fashionable to be an atheist or an agnostic or something. You know, it's, it, you notice that uh, people have realized you can diss Christianity and get away with it these days. So, like, uh, you know, you can expect your kid to go off to college and come back dissing Christianity because it's the cool thing to do now. Well, that's frustrating to think about. It We've is. Got about two minutes left, Bill. Where do you want to go with this? Oh, four. There are more atheists than members of any non-Protestant, non-Catholic religion. There are more Americans in the unaffiliated category than there are Catholics. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so, say that again? The, the more Americans identify themselves as basically no religion or no, no preference or whatever than there are Catholics. This ain't a Catholic nation. That, that's wow. that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, here's here's a troubling one. The unaffiliateds are getting younger. See, and that's the thing is the Christian population is aging. So so you got older people, us, hanging on to the faith, but it's not being handed on to to the rising generation. You More, think that this is a, a sign that uh, the uh, atheistic left that have gone into the universities and. Even high schools have gotten a lot of traction over the years. Well, I don't think you have to be left to be atheist. I mean, you can be any any political persuasion. That's true. I know atheists who are pro. I think the atheist worldview is is gaining a lot of traction and acceptability. And like I said, it's it's fashionable to uh, dis and challenge very strongly uh, religion in general and Christianity in particular. I think we have to rise to this challenge. I, I don't think you, we can just kind of sit around and assume that and and just pretend you know there's nothing happening. Uh, seven more Americans are having religiously mixed marriages. Not surprising. I mean, religion is not a topic of conversation among the dating, really. Hmm. Uh, eight older people are leaving religion too. They're just they're just checking out. They're just leaving. It's just not not a big deal. And uh, nine, the probability is high that the son and daughter you raise religious will become unaffiliated. Wow. Um, and yeah, that, that's, I think for every Christian parent, for every parent's brought their child to baptism and has brought them to church and everything. Uh, I know in my own, my own 23, going on 24 years in the ministry, the heartache of a lot of my faithful parents, um, I have seen multiple kids just one by one checking out. Uh, I mean, none of these statistics surprise me. I see it in my own congregation and, uh, you know, they hit 18 or they leave the home, and that is it. They're done. They're the, this, the end of their religious phase. 
Speaking of that's it, we're done too. But the Lord still reigns. It's his ascension. That's the good news for today. We'll catch you next time on The God Whispers. You know.